warning. What you are about to hear is a really loud Catholic dude. After all, he ain't called the Forte Catholic for nothing. So relax your grip on the steering wheel. Pull your headphones away ever so slightly. Secure any loose articles and muffle Junior's ears because it's time to make Catholicism fun again on the Forte Catholic Show with Taylor Schroll on Red Sea Catholic Radio. I'm recording in my house, the Forte Catholic Intergalactic Studios, and I'm here with a man who I think has 19 brain cells, because as I'm trying to start this radio show, he's just showing me children's cars, like just Hot Wheel cars, and his entire job is to throw me off in life. And he Do does you a remember the comment that I just sent you just about five minutes ago that we talked about? No, Sean, this is radio. We just started. We have to keep up the... The, All right, uh, let me resend it. No, please don't. Uh, Sean, how are you, my friend? It's been so it's been long. It has. You know, I looked at the calendar and I was like, it feels like I haven't been on a while. Maybe Taylor's, you know, tired of me. I don't blame him. Uh, but it's only been a month. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we have a group of co-hosts that rotate through. So everyone comes on every month. So um, if you felt like uh, you did something wrong, that's probably your conscience talking to you. Because just like in our relationship with God, God was not mad at you. I was not mad at you. But if you thought you did something wrong, it means you probably did. So you need to go to confession. So um, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm not God, even though sometimes I, I may seem to act like I think I, do, I, I am. Um, let's go to confession, Sean. Like, what do you think you need to confess to me? Not, not your real confession, not your, not your sins to God. How have you sinned against me? I've been, um, I've been a terrible teammate in Rocket League. We haven't played in weeks. Uh, you haven't made one mistake in the last month because we haven't played together in a month. We're like real-life friends, and we spend time together, and yet the last time I talked to you was, was when you came on the radio because my life has been absolutely ridiculously busy, and like... I don't, I don't know what to do with my life, and I'm finding a little bit of happiness here and there, but I do miss you. I really do. Well, we, were t- we were texting back and forth. We had some love letters talking about uh, you being sick and how, li- how life is going, how overworked you feel. Does your boss listen to this? My boss does listen. Hello, Matt. Those of you that have been listening over the course of the semester, and yes, I work in youth ministry, so I think of life in semesters. We've, we've had uh, not enough people to do all of the work. So if you want to come work in youth ministry and save me, thank you. That would be great. Ablaze.us. Uh, come work with me. I'm amazing. But also, uh, it's just been busy. We, we expanded this summer. There's been great things, right? Like, I don't want to paint this like it's been a terrible semester. It's been a great semester. It's just been very busy. Uh, but I do have some cool news, Sean McAfee. Are you ready for me to share this? Mm-hmm. I along with the staff at Ablaze, and hopefully many of you, will be going to Rome in the spring. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So uh, we are going as a staff as part of our formation, but we're also taking people with us. Like, you know, just like uh, people go uh, over to to Rome and Israel and all of these places, Greece and Ireland, all the time for pilgrimages. 
and we are going. We want people to experience this with us. I am so very excited. I've only ever been out of the country into like border towns in Mexico. This is the first time I'm going to go like over an ocean. I'm terrified and excited. Yay! You're, you're basically going to puke. Well, thank you. I hadn't thought of that, but thanks for ruining my excitement, Sean. You're very good at that. Talk to me about jet lag before you fly over. I got some tips. Wouldn't I have jet lag after? You'll have it. You'll have it on the way here more than you will on the way back because going forward in time is harder. Trust Sean. Uh, why? That's never proven to work. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm coming to see you. That's the other part of this. You live yeah. over in Italy because you're not a real American, and you live there. I'm going, I'm going to Rome. Sean lives four and a half hours north of Rome. <laughs> you live four and a half hours north of Rome. Uh, three and a half on a train. Yeah. Well, well, then why'd you say four and a half? Because because that's a really expensive train. <laughs> well, I you're mean, probably going to want to grab the train that stops a few times. I mean, I could say I live an hour and a half from work, which is true. It would take me an hour and a half to walk. But most people say like the fastest way I could get there. So like, uh, I live about <laughs> eight minutes from work. But uh, why would you why would you just pick some random time and not the fastest time, Sean? What's wrong with so you? So we talked about lying and going to confession. I was exaggerating a little bit. We haven't talked about that yet because, again, we're keeping up the illusion of radio. This is all in a row. So you're referencing something that happens in the second segment that hasn't happened yet because somehow time travel and jet lag. Yeah, that's not the way I remember this. <laughs> Well, that's because you're not very bright. But you are a, a, an Italian, and you live over in Italia, and you came to America, and you refused to see me. Uh, but now it seems like you want to see me when I go to Rome? Yes, that'd be great. And you're going to another, uh, a few other places, right? You're going to Assisi, Orvieto? <laughs> yeah. Where else? I'm coughing. I'm going to Rome, Assisi, Arvieto. What is that place? So I sent it to Arvieto. you and I was like, I don't know how to spell this or say it properly. So you tell me what that place is. And you, and you probably don't know why it's important. I do not. Okay. So Orvieto, first of all, is where the bleeding host of Bolsena is. Bolsena is right there on the... Of on course. The like we all knew that, Sean. I wasn't... I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> never know how to take you seriously. Never. So I, just don't, so I just never. don't ever take you seriously. No. Um, so Orvieto, first of all, is where the bleeding host uh, that is, I mean, it's like a 10,000 person uh, procession on the Feast of Cor Corpus Christi is. Um, also, it has a big, beautiful Gothic cathedral, but it's where the popes used to hide from invading armies in this big cistern, um, which goes like seven floors beneath uh, the ground. It's got several like wonderful Catholic sites there uh wonderful beautiful churches painted by some very famous people like giotto i know you might not know that one but giotto he taught I, I believe it's pronounced artist. johto and that was the first region in the original pokemon games okay <laughs> good to know uh <laughs> i don't know how to continue from here it's a beautiful uh tuscan town Oh, you're also going to Siena. Wait, 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 wait. You just said Tuscan, which is a place on Tatooine, which is where Star Wars, most of Star Wars happens. So, All right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to go on a pilgrimage with you. <laughs> so apparently when Star Wars says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, they meant Arvieto where all the popes hid. Why were they hiding? Why didn't they, why didn't they stand firm like good leaders? Uh, I think they're because their armies were disbanded and nobody really wanted to protect the popes at that time. So they drove them north. Uh, Orvieto is probably a one day journey back then north. 
Um, and it has, it offers better protection. Plus you have the elusive nature of this hilltop town. You'll see it when you get there. It's like not even hilltop. It's like cliff top. All of the sides of Orvieto is one giant cliff. So it's easily defensible more so than, um, Rome, which is probably not only surviving incoming armies, but you know, people also rebelling against the emperors at the same time. So now you said that it was one day away but now none of us can trust you for what that means like do you mean one day like crawling on your belly one day walking one day jogging one day in a carriage like what type of one day are we talking about i'm guessing the popes probably rode in some sort of caravan or they probably just took their bentley you know the maybe well no they they have those uh they have the pope mobile so it'd be a one day pope mobile event but it's not but the pope mobile is not a dodge caravan so i'm not sure what you're saying they still think it's a fiat it's actually a benz now they they sold out to Germans. <laughs> Thanks, Benedict the Sixteenth. Atta boy, we love you, uh, Papa Benny. Okay, so uh, I'm also going to Siena, which is where Catherine is from. That's all I know about Siena. Tell me about where else I'm going. What what does that place do? Uh Siena. Um, so Siena is built on the. You'll you'll notice it has an enormous piazza in the center, and that was actually. I love pizza. I just ate one. <laughs> It's not in the shape of a pizza. It's in the shape of a circle. Draw it on your desk. And it was actually... pizza's not circles, Sean? (laughs) Slices of pizza. You know, that is how Italians eat pizza. They don't slice it. Well, they're weird. You'll learn that when you get here. You'll ask for a pizza and you'll be like, why is it not sliced? And they'll hand you a fork and a knife to do it yourself. Anyway, Siena is on the ruins of an old amphitheater. They built around it and kept the city center um as as the pit of now a very famous horse race but also of course saint catherine of siena was born there and lived there um and entered the dominican convent there uh, and then you're also going to assisi right i am which is where francis and claire are from and everything else that i don't know about yeah that's almost all you need to know about there there's uh, dozens and dozens i mean it is a very small town in umbria but it uh, it'll probably take two days to see the whole thing. It's a fascinating place. Umbreon is a Pokemon, so you're Umbreon. Just, yeah, you're just you know them all, don't you? I only know the original one fifty. Gotta know them all. Gotta know them all. Didn't you and your son recently catch all of them? Uh, we did catch all of the Pokemon, but the new Pokemon ca- game came out last Friday, and we had we my son and I have had a blast. Uh, playing. I heard it's a ton of fun. It is a lot of fun. You want to hear an interesting parenting move that I used while playing Pokemon the other day? Nope. Okay, good. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? This is my show. I'll do whatever I want. So uh, for those of you who do not play Pokemon, this is not really a Pokemon story. It's a parenting story. So stick with me. The beginning of every Pokemon game, you're given three choices for which Pokemon that you start out with. It's called your starter. It's like we're all tracking. This isn't very difficult. And I was sitting there, myself, my son, and my and my middle daughter were all sitting there playing, the, like me playing and then watching. They love this game. And I wanted to pick the fire version of the, the fire Pokemon, right? And so I was like, I really want to pick this one, but I also want my kids to like feel like they have some input on this. So I, my plan was, okay, I'll ask my son which one he likes, and then I'll ask my daughter which one she likes until one of them picks the one that I want, and then I'll say, like, oh, you know, I'll find some way out of it. But, Sean, I asked my son which one he wanted, 
He said the fire one. I picked it. I'm the best parent in the world because I got exactly what I wanted and I manipulated my son into picking what I wanted. Go to confession. I don't need to go to confession. What did I do wrong? He picked the wrong Pokemon. No, I didn't. I heard I heard everybody is mad because they got rid of like the 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 popular starters, the Bulbasaur, the Charmander, and uh Squirtle. And they like totally rid the Pokedex of like eight hundred Pokemon that everybody loved. Well, people people are dumb and people on the internet are angry about dumb things. Here's the point. This the first game came out twenty five years ago. Scandal. You're a scandal. The, the, the game came out 25 years ago. If you're still like, I want to play that game, then go play that game. Okay, we need to move on from Pokemon. Um, let's go back to me coming to see you and, I guess, Holy Sites. So um, we're going as a staff. If uh, you want to join us, I will like promote a link later. We're very busy. Like I mentioned, it's not out yet. Like This is new news to us. Do you say new news? I feel like by just saying this is news to us, it would mean that it is new, but it could also be there's a term called old news. I'm very confused right now. Say new information. I have received news information. Um, so uh, we're very excited about this as a staff. We would love for you to come with us. I promise. Just keep listening to the show in future weeks just because um, it feeds my pride. And also you could find out how you could go to Rome with, with us and uh, with me and a bunch of holy people. Notice I didn't include myself in that. So... Um, why, Sean, you live over in Italia, and you're always posting these photos and videos of like, oh, we saw saints become saints, and we saw the Pope, and there's my family, and we're so much better than you. That's just like the vibe I get when looking at your social media. But cool. there's got to be some benefits um, from, from living close to all of these holy sites. Like, What is the point of visiting a holy site when I could just sit home and watch Disney Plus? Well, if it's in the footsteps of the saints, now I've never been to the Holy Land. I think that one's going to be totally different, but it's the same kind of character as, you know, it'd be like, why would you visit the Liberty Bell or the place where they signed the Constitution of the United States of America? I know you don't think I'm an American, but I am. So just for the record there. But uh, we, we all know that you just looked at that. Like, I'm watching you look on your phone as you're saying that. And you have Wikipedia pulled up. And you're like, what are, like, I don't want to say, like, the Statue of Liberty. Because that's the most popular thing in America. I don't want to say, like, New York City. Let me pick, like, okay. the fourth, fifth, sixth most popular things in America to not throw them off. Okay, keep going. Going to those events anywhere anywhere they are, they're going to help you connect with those people and the event a lot better, right? You're going to understand it. As you see things, you start to understand it and connect with it a lot more. Well, that ha- same thing happens for me, at least, whenever I go to, on these pilgrimage destinations, may, especially seeing like the relics and sitting at the foot of the altar where these people are buried, um, that really the heroes of my faith. Um, it does a lot for us. Um, you get able to, you know, when you go and see Assisi, you're going to walk into this church, the church of St. Stephen there, and it hasn't been changed since the 11th century. There's the baptismal font that both the, uh, Francis and Claire were baptized at in the cathedral there. Just seeing these, you can almost imagine the joy on their parents' faces as, as these events happen. And, and it just connects you with the saint a lot better to, to visualize it. Plus, it's just really cool. So not only whenever you come to visit me in Rome, you'll, you already said that you're going to be in the sights of all of your religious heroes. I'll be there too. So it'll be like the greatest day for you because you'll get to meet all of your religious hero- heroes, some of which are dead and some of which who just feel dead inside. So uh, whenever... Oh, 
so I was, sad. I was wondering if you're just going to let that one go or not. What is going to be like? I'm excited for this trip because I know that a bunch of other people have like gone to Rome and really enjoyed it, and it's been great for their faith. And God knows, and everybody listening knows. I need a boost. Like I need something to like wake me up inside. Wake yeah. up uh, spiritually. And will this trip do it for me? Like, wh- like you, you've already kind of mentioned it. Like being there is cool, but like, why is it going to take me traveling across the the world to connect with the Jesus? Well, it's not just connecting with Jesus. You're you're really connecting with the church that he instituted. The, first of all, the hierarchy, but also the beauty of the church that has developed over the course of. Two millennias now. Uh, did I say millennias? That's wrong. Millennia. Uh, Edit that out. I don't make mistakes on the show. Either. News. But go. You know, going to some place like Rome really depends on you because you could go through the Vatican Museum and and kind of be untouched. But at the end of going on that tour and entering into the Basilica of Saint Peter, you're going to feel like a very small ant on the floor because it's so enormous, and you're going to be blown away by the beauty of everything around you. Other people, they really just kind of want to you know, go visit relics, you know, saint relics, or maybe go visit like art, you know, go see uh, the the uh, paintings of Caravaggio over at the church of uh, the French church, the titular church of uh, Saint, what is it, Saint Louis, um, over that corridor, or you know, maybe you just want to go get some good food and do all that. It, it really just depends on you. So before you go to Rome, I would I would read up, maybe have a conversation with your bud Sean here. And see what is really going to be touching to you, especially if you have kind of a wide open schedule. The, the last thing you want to do is get in on like a day long excursion that you have no interest in. When you're in Rome, take your time. Do Go do something that you want to do. When in Rome, don't do what the Romans do. And I do believe that the food is going to be a spiritual experience for me as well. So, Sean, I'm looking forward to you being my unpaid guide whenever I come to Rome. Uh, and we're going to be right back with a tremendous guest that we definitely haven't interviewed already because Sean hasn't made that obvious, Tim Glemkowski. He has way too many letters in his last name, but he's a great guy, and I can see the future, and the the interview goes very well. Stay tuned. Sean, have you ever been in a commercial before? No. Would you like to be? I don't know. Well, you're already in one, so it's too bad. I didn't ask for permission. I only ask for apologies. I want you to apologize to me. Uh, So um, do you have um, feet that you need to apologize for? Yes. Uh, Yeah, me too. I have to cover my feet. And the best thing to cover my feet, socks from SockReligious.com. But don't go to that URL because then you won't get the discount. Go to ForteCatholic.com slash socks and you could get the absolute coolest Catholic socks in the entire world. They've got your favorite saints. They've got your favorite church things. Everything that is beautiful is found on feet. That's a weird thing to say, but I'm going to keep it. Sean, do you like socks? Keep your socks on, Taylor. Okay, you heard it here first. That is Sean's opinion on socks. Let's just get back to the show because this is going fantastic. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am still Taylor Schroll. He is still Sean McAfee, the crazy Italian that for some reason tricked me many, many moons ago into still being on the show. And you're still here because I don't have the heart to tell you to leave. It's like the dog, you know, that, that you sort know of thing. What? Taylor, what, what, you said Sean? you're coming to Rome in March. I'll show you my U.S. passport when you come there and you can shush up about all this 
patriotism stuff. I, I'm sorry, I, the connection went out for a second. Did you say U.S. green card? Like you're like I don't think you're not a real citizen. You're not a real citizen. I don't. I don't think password rhymes with green card. But go ahead. Uh, it's it was the internet, I guess. So someone needs to save this conversation, and it's not going to be me or you because that was a terrible way to introduce this thing. But the person who is on the line with us is a man whose last name is just a bunch of letters thrown together. This man uh, is, is Tim Glinkowski. And how are you, first of all, Tim? You doing all right? No, I'm doing good. Good. To, yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. His, his, can, I, can I say something? Yes, please, you please. need to comment Time. on on what this man Time is out. wearing. Because we, it, we talked a few weeks ago about what, what everybody was wearing on the show. It was super awkward and super weird. So, Sean, keep it going for us. Well, he, he looks like Han Solo right now. He's got the Han Solo vest on. I was just going to say, he's got like, he's got like a really interesting last name. Like you ever known somebody has two first names? A first name is the last name. Well, it looks like somebody corrects themselves when they say his name. Like they're like Tim Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Kowski. Like Kowski is the last name and Glenn is his first name. Let me just remind you guys the the most of the great saints of the 20th century were Polish. I just, we got Faustina, <laughs> John Paul, Maximilian Colby. I just, you know. Just throwing that out I, there. I'm but not familiar with a St. Glenkowski, though, so I don't know yes. what your point is. I'm not familiar with any skis in the St. book. Not yet. I used to tell my students when I would teach high school, I wanted to be the first canonized saint that still remembered all the lyrics to Kanye West College Dropout album. And now that he's Christian, I feel like that's like more and more, you know, like an, um, that's like an okay thing. So we have Let's to talk about wait, Kanye. wait, 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 Sean. No, we're done with Kanye. We talked about him the last few weeks. Sean, Sean, <laughs> you just said something accidentally brilliant so you said there were no skis that have become saints uh tim <laughs> is talking about polish saints and for many 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 moons i've told people this i had the pope on a slope on my wall so oh, yeah. while there are not skis in heaven the skis that the polish saint john paul ii was wearing are now a relic you're welcome there yes, we go i was thinking of that image in my mind when i was saying it too so brilliant minds yeah, second class. Kowalska, Faustina Kowalska. You know, it's kind of the same genre. Very but close. Yeah, no skis yet. No, very different. Very different, Tim. Um, so uh, explain a little bit. So, like, you, you do look like you, you came straight out of Solo, a Star Wars story. Like, Tim Glemkowski, a Star Wars story. Uh, what is your story? Who are you? Why are you on the show? Why did I let you come on here? And yeah. what's the prequel about? Because we know <laughs> Han Solo died. <laughs> Yeah, the my uh, my wife will actually admit that her first uh, crush growing up was uh, uh, Harrison Ford as Han Solo. So that's probably so where she I'm married her crush. Good for her. None of us. Do. I think that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just the Denver the Denver uniform is a best. We so, are never going to get to the point of this podcast. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm I think here. Tim wrote a book or something. Yeah, I wrote a book. <laughs> So that, that, yeah, so, you know, it was, have followed, of course, you guys for a while and, um, am happy to be on and, uh, you know, just, yeah, we wrote a book if, on, if you followed us for a while, you'd know not to lie on this show, Tim, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to be honest with you, one of the, one of the things like that I like about, you know, this podcast and others is we do with, with the book coming out, I've done a lot of different, you know, there were the kind of radio shows and the bits and you talk about what's going on and. I think I like that you guys have kind of a unique personality and, and flavor and 
Um, the, the Catholic Church needs more of that, more kind of unique. And are you talking about how Taylor and I pretty much hate each other for some reason that we can't <laughs> nail down? <laughs> that might be part of it. Yeah. yeah. One, day, one day we'll nail down the reason we dislike each other so much, and then we'll be done being friends. We'll be done on the radio. But until then, we're just going to keep giving you this content, everybody. <laughs> Locked in eternal kind of struggle, you know, against one another. Yeah. <laughs> the dark it, it, and the light. The force. Right. We, we bring balance to the force together. Which Which one are you? I am. Well, right now you have pretty dark colors behind you. In fact, you look like checkerboard hell. Everyone, everyone has said checkerboard hell. You're not. You're not original, Sean. Okay, Tim. <laughs> I think you wrote a book or something. <laughs> yeah, I did. Would you like me to talk about it for a second? I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess that's why you're here. Yeah. So basically, so I've, I've worked for a while with parishes on parish renewal, um, and so gotten in touch with our Sunday visitor and and we were um, having conversations about what we do with Lalto and um and they, they had asked have you ever written a book and so it just kind of came from there it's like we work with parishes to help them become renewed around you know a strategy for forming disciples parishes aren't frankly always that great at that and so they said well would you ever put your method kind of on paper um and I thought sure why not open source uh you know strategy um so so that's what the, really the content of the book is it answers that how question of if you want to be, if you're convicted about being renewed through the heart of renewal, which is the renewal of hearts, here's how you do it. Has that been successful? Because I've been in many parishes that are, let's just say, less than successful. So uh, has, when did the book come out? It's very recently, right? Yeah, November 8th is when it released. Um, so so it's just, it's just very... as we record this, it is November 18th. You've had 10 days to change the world. Has that happened yet? Yeah, it's been amazing. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> You're right. I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Four quick steps to, no, I mean, that's, that's actually one of the things we're trying to fight against. There, there can be this mentality in parishes. Parishes are awakening to the need uh, because they're starting to feel the pain points. When attendance and donations start going down, people start asking questions finally, even though we probably should have for a long time. And, um, and so in a lot of ways, I think people still do look for quick fixes. You know, how do we just kind of do bam, 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 and then we're done. And what we're trying to convict them about is authentic renewal is, is always a, uh, slow, you know, process because it's about the transformation of hearts and lives more than it is just kind of doing a few things differently. Right. So tell us about casting the vision. Yeah. So everything. No, 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 for, no, 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 no. Tell us about aligning everything. Uh, really? No. What just okay. happened? I don't know what just happened. Did, Sean, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? Or is everything okay medically? No, just looking at this his page here. You got to put this on the Patreon. It just, it just says align everything, and that that we're, is we're what not doing Patreon. We're doing a radio show, Sean. What are you doing? I'm so sorry. I just needed yeah. to tell me how to align everything. It makes more sense if you read the book. So part of the the idea is, is that <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for the most part, so the, the mission of the church is what it's always been to to make disciples to save souls. Frankly, like parishes don't always operate in that mentality. Like that maintenance mode thing that we do a lot as parishes, it can be a lot more about just like, let's just kind of rinse and repeat and, and, and kind of play church to an extent. And so one of the things we, we talk about in the book is getting really kind of convicted about we exist to evangelize and then aligning all of the key ministries in the parish with that mission so that things aren't just operating. So a great example is the example I always use is marriage prep. The way we do marriage prep makes no sense for the kind of people who are actually coming to be married in the church. I've, I've seen the paperwork, like 
Most people are not practicing the faith. Most people are living together. And we just have them do a little bit of paperwork and maybe attend a day up at the diocese. And then they can rent the church and we make them pay a bunch of money for it. Like that has, there, there's all these people, young couples coming to us and we're not doing anything versus I have this priest friend um, who has, you know, prepared hundreds of couples for marriage. And he got really convicted about this is one of these areas that we're doing everything wrong. And so he just started doing simple things to actually like evangelize the couple, give them mentors, build relationships with them. And he said, this is no joke when he, he prepared us for marriage. And when he, when he was doing that, he had um, walked with almost at that point, 150 different couples for marriage. He said of all of those, only one had ever been divorced. So like, there's really simple stuff that you can do, but a lot of parishes aren't really aren't really doing it. I, I feel like that's the only sacrament in the church where there, like you said, there's very little preparation goes into it. I mean, we don't treat that. We don't treat first communion like that. We don't treat baptism like that. We don't treat um, confirmation like that. But with, with married couples, you're absolutely right. It's just kind of like this quick little process, like going through Amazon or something to purchase something. But even with those sacraments, like I would honestly, like we do, we're, we're getting better and better at, at catechesis, I think as a church, which is good, but um, like personal faith is still required for, for any sacrament to bear fruit. And, and sometimes, a lot of times, even with first communion and, and uh, confirmation in many parishes, we're not really doing much to elicit personal faith still. Here's my, so here's my solution for everything. I'm not a fancy author like you two. I just have a dumb radio show and podcast. But um, right when I got this thing started, I had an a, a, a engaged couple come on to the show. And we were going to talk about what being engaged was like. And in the in the in in that moment, either the Holy Spirit or the, the my concupiscence, one of the two. It was one of those two things that led to this idea. I said, let's play a marriage prep, a marriage prep test game. And I tested them on how well they knew each other and what marriage was about. And if they passed, I was going to allow them to get married. If they did not pass, they had to both enter, like one had to enter seminary and the other one had to become a nun. I think that's the solution for what we should be doing for marriage prep in parishes. I can host the game. I can do it digitally. Uh, but if, if you pass, you get to rent the church and you get it for half the price that you were going to. But if you do not pass, you have to become a priest or a nun. Okay, I need to I need to hear how this happened. I need to hear how this ended up. How did it, how did it end up for that couple? They yeah, did they pass? Th they passed, and I am oh. I am a hundred percent. My program is one hundred percent. They they are married. They uh, listen to the or one of them listens to the show. Hello, Khaki. She's listening right now, probably with a baby tied to tied to her hip, because they are very happy, beautiful Catholic couple. I am the best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know why I wrote the book. I don't. Yeah. I don't know either. Awesome. I mean, you, know like, you just need Taylor to just get a microphone in front of him and then just auto dictate the entire book, the, the entire sequel. Really, I would like Taylor if we do an audiobook version. I think I'm going to reach out to you. I need that Forte Catholics. Dude, I, all I want to do audiobook. is read audiobooks. He's going to be like, the statistics are heartbreaking. In 2007, 24% of Americans identified as Catholic. It's crushing. Here's how you by get alignment. That dropped by 21% of the number of people to claim no religious affiliation. And, and I need like Catholics and sound effects. Yeah, yeah. I want it to be like perform, like live theater. 
like first, those old timey radio shows. Dude, that would be awesome. I'm totally down. Let's do that. You have great ideas. You you messaged me a while back, even before the book came out, with another great oh, idea yeah, yeah. that we we can't talk about yet because we are going to do it in the future. Are we you going to do it? Yes, Good. we're going to do it. Um, it's another thing that's bracket based, just like the Ministry Madness bracket. It's going to be brilliant because it was Tim's idea, not mine. I mean, what did I say? Did I say that publicly? I'll edit that out. It was all my idea, and Tim was just there. And it's going to be brilliant. And one day when Tim and I aren't so busy, we're going to do it. Okay. Good. People are listening right now, Tim. And they're like, okay, you wrote a book for people who work in parishes. And we yelled about marriage prep for a while. So what about the rest of the rest of the folks that are, we're all sitting there in the parish. We're happy with some parts about the parish. We're unhappy with other parts about the parish. Um, what would you say as somebody who is an expert on parish life? And you're primarily targeting people who work there, pastors, youth ministers, DREs, this sort of thing. But what would you say to those people who are listening that are parishioners? What What's their role in this whole transforming a parish idea? Yeah, I think the, for a lot of people experience the parish problem, right? Which is like they have some experience. I would of, just like of, to point out that that acronym is PP. Please keep going. Yeah, the PP. When, <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, they, wow. um, the, uh, I don't know. There's just like, I, I, I talked to so many, especially devout Catholics who for them, their experience of parish life is kind of painful, honestly. Like they're, they've, they've fallen in love with, with God and with his church and have experienced. But I can't find a parking spot. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, those are, that, that's not really the, the heart of the parish problem. Maybe I, I think oh, it's a lot of it. Oh. People, people really feel like they're not being fed in their local church, you know, and um, so donut Sunday. Passion. Yeah. So that, and I think honestly, that's it is like, so much of, of the, the parish stuff that we like that kind of drives us crazy is because we're kind of operating in this bizarre maintenance mode where people who really fall in love with God like aren't all the time being fed at their local parish. And then people who are far away from God aren't really meeting him there either. So it's like, well, what are we really doing? And I think for me, it comes down to um, people living community, holiness, and mission together, and then finding a way to fold other people into that. Like that's everything is it's, it's the, the, it's, it's not complicated. I think we overcomplicate evangelization. We overcomplicate uh, parish renewal sometimes, but if you're a, a devout lay person living in the church, you need to find a way to gather with other people and pray and then go find other people who don't know God yet and find a way to fold them into the life of your community. Okay. But what about the introverts? The introverts are listening and they're like, I know I need community, but I also hate human beings because that's what I think uh, introverts. That's just what introverts think of me. So I'm putting that on, on every introvert. But what about the introverts? Like th- wh- what is parish life for them? What, what, w- like, what can they gain out of parish life? Yeah. A quick tangent on, on the introvert thing. I remember listening to a podcast one time, they were talking about different temperaments. Uh, it was a Catholic podcast. And I remember the, the host was an extrovert and I, I'm an introvert by nature, but I just like people a lot too. And uh, I remember describing, you know, melancholics. They're just, they're just negative and they don't like people and they never want to do anything. And I, 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 like, I think sometimes the, the, the introvert extrovert war is a, is a funny thing, but um, I don't know. I mean, like everyone should do stuff according to their charism. I, I think it's, it's weird. It would be there. No, most introverts I know want community. They just don't necessarily want to go to like a big parish hall and have 200 people there. And like, they, like it, I think anybody can find a forum for community that they want to live. You know, um, we're all made for each other. You like know, the Death Star. Like the Death Star. I don't understand that reference. I think he was just trying to stick with the Han Solo theme. And he it's didn't. only been 15 minutes. It's still Han Solo. Good Lord. I don't know what's going on. All right. Good Sith Lord. You're you're acting like a Sith Lord. Jeez Louise. Okay. 
uh, just not as powerful. So, uh, Tim, here's the moment where people get to uh, find out more about you. They get to connect with you. They get to see you in the Han Solo vest. Like, we need to get a picture of this. Uh, how, where can they buy the book? What is it called? I still don't think we've named the book yet because I'm a tremendous yep. interviewer. And uh, how can they buy it? And how can they send one to the to the parish, the person at the parish that works there that drives them the most insane? How can they mail one of those books to them? I, honestly, we, we've, I've heard from a lot of lay Catholics that are just enjoying reading the book for the sake of kind of understanding this whole like moment, cultural moment and, and what's re required at parishes more. The, the best place for everything with me is laltocatholic.com, L-A-L-T-O catholic.com. You can find the book there. If you click made permission at the top, that'll take you to, you know, a page that has, you, you can read chapter one for free. You can go to Amazon and order it. Um, and then you can contact, we have a contact form on the website too. You can contact us there. You can make a donation to Lalto. All that stuff can can really take place there. That'll, that'll anything else you want to know about me can push off from there. So awesome. Well, I mean, of course I know because I'm brilliant, but for all those other people that are listening that don't know what Lealto means, why don't you tell them? Yeah. So we, it's funny. It's, it's one of those, it, it speaks in some ways to the, the origins of our, we had very humble beginnings. We, we, I just, this was just my small way of kind of reaching out to some parishes in our area and it's kind of grown from there. Um, but Lalto is, virtual Lalto is a phrase that Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati wrote on a card to a friend of his, not long before he died, actually, and it means toward the heights. And so I think there's this kind of negative moment right now, culturally, but also in the church in a lot of ways. And um, I think kind of recommitting to the heights of holiness and mission is not a, is not a bad thing for us to all be res reminded of, that kind of hopeful message from Blessed Pierre. Well, that's beautiful. You're beautiful. Sean is not. Your book is beautiful. And boy, that vest, you just look like a famous Disney character. Go, guys, go check out the book, uh, lealto.com. LealtoCatholic.com. Of yep. course. That's what I said. I've never made a mistake on the show. LealtoCatholic.com. Go check it out. We'll be right back for our final segment of the day. Don't go anywhere. Sean, have you ever read a thesaurus? I've used one. But never read cover to cover? Nope. Well, I have. I read the thesaurus cover to cover last week, and boy, let me tell you, there's some great words in there. The one that comes to my mind first, though, when I think about you, is voluptuous. And why I mean that... You didn't think of me until the very end? Until V. I'm very self-centered. Um, but when I look at your beard, I think voluptuous. Do you use any, any product in that beard? Catholic beard balm. You absolutely do, and that is why your beard is voluptuous. I, too, use Catholic Beard Balm, and it is amazing. Do you have a wife? I do. I don't know why I'm asking questions I know the answer to, and it's just you and I here. But anyway, <laughs> does your wife have skin? Yes, but she doesn't have a beard. She, Where are you going? She doesn't need a beard, because there's also <laughs> things from Catholic Balm Co. for people who don't have beards, like lip balm. Most people have lips. Um, I, I would assume your wife does as well, to go along with her skin. And there's there's lotion for that, too. You can get all of this stuff at a discount from ForteCatholic.com slash beard. Now I know. I just said it's not just for beards, but it's the URL that I went with. I'm very sorry. Do you accept my apology, Sean? Yes. All right. Back to the show. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. Boy, was that quite the time we had with old Tim Glimkowski. Isn't that right, Shiny boy? That's right. That was last segment. It was last segment. We're now in the future. We're now in the future. <laughs> this is something that has happened 
in the past. Okay, Sean, you were a strange boy. Are you aware of this? Nope. You are aware of this. Everyone in your life tells you this. So if you're unaware, it means you are the most... I'm, I'm ignoring everybody. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, no self-awareness. So all of us tell you, and yet you still don't listen for some reason. Okay, so this is so weird. You're, you're like this famous author person before I ever met you, and then you keep writing books because you come out with a new book like every three weeks, and like you know that you are a co-host on this show. You've been a co-host on the show for over a year. You were a guest like over the course of the previous year a couple of times. Like You know that I'm always willing to let you come on here and talk about your books. Because as much as I make fun of you, like, you're a successful person, he said without laughing. And, like, you do good things for the church. And, of, like, the whole reason you're on this show is because you have things to say, and I like those things. And yet, every time you come out with a new book, you're like, hey, can I come on to the show and promote this book? Sean! You're a co-host on the show. It is partly your show too. Of course, you could come on and talk about the book. Why do you keep asking me dumb questions? You know, get out your get out your uh, your notebook there, your Blue's Clues notebook that I know you have on your desk and your crayon, and take some notes. Here it on, is. Here's on, my here's my be, notebook. It's called being polite. <laughs> Politeness. Politeness. Uh, That's a lot of silence. Did you get it? You're just thinking about it. You're like, what's this word he said? Polite. It has the word light in it. It's got the word Poe. Was that a fat joke? Oh, that was Ed, Edgar Allan Poe. Okay, you know what? On second thought, we're not going to plug your book. We're going to come up with a whole new idea for this segment on the fly because I don't want to promote your book anymore. I don't. All right. What do you want to talk about? We were talking about Pokemon last time. We could talk about Rocket League this time. No, let's not do that. Let's promote your stupid book. What's the stupid book called? It's called I'm Catholic. Now what? Okay. And that- I proposed it. I proposed it as kind of like a Catholic bucket list. Um, you know, what are the hundred things a Catholic has to do or know in order to basically have a fulfilling Catholic life in the church? And as, as I got like maybe 20, 30, 40% into the book, further into the book I got, I realized, you know, a lot of this is directed towards converts. But then another idea took hold, like, okay, we got this, we got this book that's directed towards converts. It's going to be great for RCIA. But then I started to realize as I thought more and more about converts and what converts need to know, this is what actually most Catholics don't know. So I think, I think a lot of people find themselves maybe at like a mid a midlife faith crisis or coming right into the church and being totally stunned and it's not what they thought they were. These, these two people are kind of in the same category. And they're basically going, what am I supposed to do with this faith? What am I not getting? Why is that person genuflecting before receiving the Eucharist? Or what is exactly the Latin mass? What are, what are these cultural elements these 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 other elements to the sacraments that I've never even heard of or seen before. Can somebody please tell me what's going on? And I wanted to write that book. Okay, so you 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 said it's a is it exactly a hundred things? Right around a hundred. Yep, it came out to a hundred. Okay, yep. so uh, how many of these? Uh, you're a convert, so which is a perfect. This is a perfect book for you to write. I've been behind this book more than I think any of the other ones previously <laughs> that you have written because you were like, here's a book about this thing, and I'm like, eh. and you were like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Catholic now. What? And I'm like, hey, I'm Catholic, and I don't. Sure, Sean. I, sure, Sean. I, we, you can come on the show and promote your book. I don't even know why you need to ask, but I'm not really personally interested. You've promoted every book that you've written in the last three years on this show. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and I've also gotten you onto other shows, but you know, whatever. You don't have to be thankful. It's fine. Um, so you wrote this book, and it's a hundred things that I either need to know or to do. Is that correct? 
Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, basically, and the do can be an active thing, like go and get an indulgence. And what are those? So that's a do and a no. But then there are things in the beginning of the book, like getting started. So there, there are mindsets that I think most Catholics will really benefit from. Like one of them is called license to learn. And I tell this anecdotal story about how I didn't, I wanted to get a degree, my undergraduate degree is in aeronautics, but I did not want to learn to fly. But I eventually did. And it became a ton of fun. And at the end, I got my license and my instructor said, okay, Sean, this is your license. You can go fly a plane solo now. You can rent, rent a plane, single engine, you know, all the specs. But this is really, I need you to know that this is really your license to learn. This is your opportunity to go and, and become a better pilot, to learn to fly at night, to learn to fly through clouds and not be able to see the ground, to learn how to fly, to, to land a plane when you can't see the ground. Well, Catholics need to learn how to like do other things after confirmation. So really, really the sacraments become our license to learn more and deepen our faith and, uh, and become more enculturated into the church. Well, I think it's obvious to anybody that's listening to the show that I never got my license to learn. It's been illegal for me to learn ever since I was a small boy. And I also want to say that you were learning to fly, but you didn't want to. That reminds me of a Tom Petty song. I'm learning to fly, but I don't want to, which makes me very proud of you. And now that I have all the context for this book, uh, you said it's 100 either mindsets, things I need to do, or things I need to know. 100 is a great number. One time I took a test... Uh, in, in high school, it was my senior year, it was over my summer reading. Now, I very rarely did schoolwork during the school year, so asking me to do something over the summer was just literally impossible, and my mom was also a person that was like, hey, you don't need to do schoolwork during the summer. You're off of school. You don't need to do it. So I didn't, and I had a 100-question test over that summer reading. Uh, Sean, if I would have guessed just the letter A on everything, I would have gotten around a 25, right? That, ma that makes sense mathematically. I got a Maybe. 12. It's the worst grade I ever made on anything. I got a 12 on this test uh, because I tried to answer. And that was that my lesson that day was don't try. Because if I didn't try, I would have gotten 25 points instead of 12. Uh, That's the name of your next book, Don't Try. Don't Try, the Taylor Schroll story. Uh, Isn't that a, a something Yoda says? Don't try, just do. What does he say? Do or do not. There is no try. Uh, there you go. So my my question to you is, I want to see if every one of these things in your hundred things were a a thing that I needed to do to get one point. If I was reading your book, if like if you would have sent me an advanced copy or something, which is something you would never do because you're not a professional. We learned this a few, the last time you were on the show. But uh, how many points do you think I would have? I haven't seen the book. Uh, how many things that you wrote about do I know, have the mindset for, or I have done out of the hundred? I essentially, this is my grade for how good of a Catholic I am. You? Yes, me. I, I don't know 12, what. Twelve. Uh, twelve. You think I got a twelve? You think this is all? I tied my. No. Um. I think I think you will definitely uh, you'll be probably blown away by what you don't know on probably twenty percent of it. You will learn deeper information on another 40%. And then a few other things will be pretty obvious to you, but you'll say, wow, I never thought of it like that. So I, if I'm tracking right, you said that I would get about an 80. You would get 100%, Taylor, because I would be grading your test. Well, you just meant, you just admitted to collusion, so you're a bad teacher. <laughs> okay. Hopefully you're a better author. Uh, so Okay, so you said this book is for... 
uh, it was originally the idea of converts because originally you were just very selfish and you were like, this is my story, so it's got to be everybody else's, right? Yeah. So let's let's talk about the converts first. We'll get to the other people like me who are obviously better than you. But uh, what about the converts? What will a, a convert, somebody who just went to through confirmation, like I was just a confirmation sponsor for two kids this last weekend. Like it was it was awesome. I loved I loved that. It was cool. Um contrary to popular belief on this show, like people actually trust me with the spiritual lives of their young teenagers. It's it's just like people like me, Sean, whether you do or not, okay? I just want you to know that. Okay. So why would what like why should converts read this? Why should new confirmation confirmation people why should they read this book? Confirmati. I do like you by the way. Uh, why should converts read this? Well, this really is going to answer about 90 questions that are going to come up, 90 topics that are going to come up within the next year after joining the Catholic Church. Whether you're an adult or a young confirmati, uh, this perfect book is really perfect for people in RCA. Why? Because there are a lot of things that are going to change that they're not going to tell you about. That you're just going to kind of, I hate to do this, and that's why I wrote the book, is, is I hate to see it, is you're going to have to learn it the hard way. So one of these is like the second topic is here is get get a Bible and read it. Well, chances are if you're a convert, unless you're from atheism, you're, you're probably not coming with no uh, no idea about the Bible whatsoever. In fact, you probably own a few. It might be like NRD. I'd just NI, like to point NIV. out that the published author just used a double negative in a sentence. Please keep going. Which one was that? You said I can't. I don't remember. People can okay, great. Hit the remind <laughs> the the, the re, re, yeah, hit the go back twenty seconds now, twenty five seconds now. No, so oh. okay, so say 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 you're a convert and you got a Bible, right? It doesn't mean that you need to immediately throw out that Bible. It doesn't mean that you're done reading the Bible just because you know we Catholics have this this sense about them that they you know aren't very biblically literate. Doesn't mean unless that you have the Message Bible, just throw either. that away. The Message Bible is I'm the worst. I'm talking. I don't care. It's not your show. Actually, I own a copy of the Message Bible. That was the first Bible it's, it's my terrible. wife bought me, like your, two years. Before your wife we got has here. terrible taste. We know that because she married you and bought you a Message Bible. You would never say that to my wife. Take it back. I would actually. I'll call her right. Here's after the this. other. Here's the other. Here's the most important thing that converts are going to run into that this book's going to help you with. In fact, it's a huge section in the book, is knowing and defending the faith. Right. This is the thing that Catholics just can't do after they convert is tell other people why they became Catholic. And so the, sure they the, can. The, They're like, hey, why did you become Catholic? Because I married a pretty Catholic. Like that's that's a sufficient answer. Right. Exactly. I, I had to do it to enter the church. No. So this is going to take you through becoming an apologist, where the steps to really uh, practicing and getting more frequented in apologetics, understanding the church fathers, proving God exists. Um, knowing the historical heresies of the church and how they actually come out in some of the subtleties in our culture today, and then identifying with uh, explaining some of the misconceptions of the Catholic Church, like papal infallibility or infant baptism or something like that. Okay, so what is the thing like, you mentioned? Like why? Like one thing you mentioned earlier, it might not be the answer, but you're like, oh, why is that person kneeling down to receive communion? Like, what do you think is like the the thing that they're going to read? That is the thing that's the most like, oh, that's why those weird Catholics do that. Oh, like any anybody reading the book? Uh, we're sticking with the converts for now. We're about to shift over to the others. Oh, man. Oh, that's too, it's too bad. This is too much. Um, I would probably have to go with like one of these being a modern Catholic topics, like um, combating relativism. Like people just aren't really thinking about that. That's like a total mindset 
change. And it helps you understand why the church is something that doesn't change her dogma or her teachings based on what the culture is doing. We retain those things. Um, so that'll probably be one of those, hey, why, what are the weird Catholics, you know, why are they never going to get with, uh, you know, the progressive community? Well, it's because that, you know, really rubs against, uh, really rubs against Catholicism, period. Um, there's also some hot topics on here. Can we, can we say bad words on your, on your, uh, on your podcast? We, we deal with issues like, uh, masturbation and pornography. So we, I hit them right on and say, look, you got to quit doing these day one. Name why they're a sin and give people steps on how to, how to cover, recover from those. Cause really that, those are things that even though you might become a Catholic, you can go to confession once a week. And that's, that's highly encouraged in the book. If you can't understand, identify those kinds, you're really going to hinder those graces that you're receiving from Holy Communion, going to Mass, and then your new sacramental marriage, and going to confession once a week if you can't identify and combat those directly. So you heard it here first. The answer to the question the book poses, I'm Catholic, now what, is stop sinning. Just stop. You should stop doing that. Uh, you know, if you, can, if you can just do that, the rest of it takes care of itself. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what about those of us who are not converts? We've all been stuck in this church. I mean, in this church for our whole lives. So what, like, why would I read the book? What would I get out of it? What would the person listening to this that went to Catholic school or CCE or youth ministry, like, what would somebody who's been Catholic get from reading this? Because they've been Catholic for their whole lives almost, but they, I can still find myself asking, well, now what? <laughs> Sure. And, and, and that'll be different for all types of lifelong Catholics, right? We call them cradle converts. So if you've been Catholic your whole life and you're picking up this book, it's probably because you flipped through it and found a question you wanted answered. And that really just depends on the individual. There's probably a lot of Catholics who have studied the heck out of the church fathers that actually don't quite understand evangelization. They want to be more involved with their parish, maybe become, you know, and open up a podcast like you did, or just tell Please their friends about People things. need to stop starting podcasts. Yeah, you, you had the last one, so let's make that the, the final one. No, so people are going to, if, if I was a lifelong Catholic, which I'm not, I, I would imagine that I would have a good reason for probably being a, a bit disenfranchised by the church. And we're going to talk about things like scandals, like what, what it was the latest scandal and how did the news react to it? And how did, how did, how should, what's the right mindset that a wholesome Catholic can have to, to handle any scandal that rocks the church? You know, any scandal that it might even rock my own diocese or parish, like what, what are the things that keep people in the fold of the faith um, that make it worthwhile being a lifelong Catholic? Um, what else? Yeah, we talked about evangelization. So something like this. This is the very last topic in the book. Spo is that a spoiler? It's evangelizing your kids. Right? I don't, I don't think evangelizing your kids is a spoiler. I don't think that's something like, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Well, I hope not because you're a good Catholic, um, but something like that, like that people might just not think about because they're thinking, hey, look, I'm a lifelong Catholic. I'm just going to send my kids to Catholic school and let the teachers there raise them. And I'm going to, you know, get get a newsletter from the pastor and he's going to tell me when CCD starts back up and when first communion is. But no, the church actually teaches that the parents are the first and final evangelists of their children. In fact, there's a, I can't remember what Saint said it, but they said, oh, maybe, maybe it's actually. Just uh, I do want to correct you. It's first and foremost, not final. It's not like I'm the first person to teach you and I'm going to be the last because I'm locking you in this closet. And you're never meeting another person. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I think if you evangelize your kids, you are the final evangelist if you do it the right way, because it doesn't take, it's not going to take somebody else there to get them excited about being Catholic and knowing God. 
you're their very first one. And if you're successful at that, you, you might have closed the book on it and set them on fire for life. I think it just, just depends. So you, you're of the belief that there are Catholics out there that are excited about it every day. I hope so. <laughs> well, that's not been my experience. We're very different people, but maybe that's why you're successful. So, Sean, uh, we got to wrap it up. Where can people find the book? How can they get it? Oh, I have to mention this. Um, anybody that's listening can can tell already that this book is more like a how-to or a guidance book or a faith book. You know what it's not, Sean? It's not an encyclopedia. And you said that this book was number one on religious encyclopedias on Amazon, and I just want to not congratulate you because that means absolutely nothing to me. You know what's so funny, though, is you've seen the cover. It's got, like, different images of, like, a thorable and a crucifix and all these, all these wonderful Catholic images. Some people say a there's A thorable is just how uh, Charles Barkley says terrible. Please continue. <laughs> also, that guy, what's his name? The, uh, the football player. Sean, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. Where can people buy the book? Go to Amazon. Go to Amazon.com or just go search Sean McAfee. I'm Catholic. Now what? I'm Catholic. Now what? You're Catholic. Now what? This is Forte Catholic. Now what? Now what? You need to subscribe and go rate the show because this was awesome and you need to tell us how awesome we are. I'll be back next week. Say it. John, do you want to know my favorite thing about you? Yes. It is the way that you know that I'm recording literally everything that we say. So most of the Scary. time, you've gotten very, very smart uh, in the last couple of months. And you say, Taylor, are we recording before you share a story that you may or may not be able to share on Catholic Radio? Well, the answer to that question is always yes. I'm always recording. And yes, there are some things that we can't share on Catholic Radio, either because of the content or because we just frankly ran out of time. So everybody can get all of this information all of the bonus content, literally like dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of extra Forte Catholic with my great guests, my great co-hosts, also Sean McAfee. You can get all of that content at patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. It's the absolute best. Sean, tell them why they should go there. So I wasn't included in the list of great guests? Correct. Thanks. Love you. Love you too. Bye.